0: Why is Peter O'Mahony good captain material? What made Warren Gatlin drop three of his favourite sons? And Bossy and Fez talk about the best coffee shops in Auckland. It's all coming up on The Hard Yards.
1: The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes.
2: Passionate about
1: sport. And Ringrose comes through, That oh. is brilliant from Ringrose. Ringrose is going here. What a score.
2: I know what website you use most often, but it's a sister of uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Rob, Zeeb's
3: here. Just
2: want to discuss the captaincy next year.
3: He's calling. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. I say YouTubers probably. YouTube.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Hard Yards Rugby Podcast on Sports Joe. I'm Andy McGeady. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Kev McLaughlin, Isaac Boss and Pat McCarrie are in studio with me and we'll have Stephen Ferris on the phone from New Zealand as well as odds for the first Lions test from Haley O'Connor from Ladbrokes. Just to remind everyone of Warren Gatlin's 23 for the first Lions test. It's Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Jonathan Davies, Ben Teo, Elliot Daly, Owen Farrell, Connor Murray, Mako Vonnipola, Jamie George, Tyg Furlong, Alan Wynne-Jones, George Cruz... Peter O'Mahony, Captain, Sean O'Brien, Toby Falatow. The subs Ken Owens, Jack McGrath, Kyle Sinkler, Mario Toge, Sam Warburton, Reese Webb, Jonathan Sexton, and Lee Halfpenny. Fez, you're on the ground taking it all in from a coffee shop in Auckland.
3: I am. Can you not hear the music in the background and the the coffee beans been put into the machine? (laughs) You just asked the grinder, you can't hear that in the background.
0: (laughs) turn on the base lads, please <laughs> the uh anyway um how how is life over there in the land of the uh with the land of the long white cloud is it
3: personally or for <laughs> for the lions uh, let's go with
0: personally first and then we'll get to rugby later on
3: personally things are good i arrived in on uh, monday morning um lagged to the absolute balls so uh, i i had to go out and have a couple of pints as you do bossy will know the best way to get over jet lag is to go out and have a few drinks so um that's what i've done and uh just taking in the sights of auckland had a thunder about um actually been quite busy doing, doing quite a bit of work um which i didn't really expect when i signed up for this but that's the way it goes so yeah just taking in the sights uh meeting a couple of boys tonight uh michael corcoran who uh who Pat may know pretty well yeah, and yes yeah. Uh, yeah, so I meet a couple of boys for dinner later on tonight so a couple of quiet beers and then get an early night and um, look forward to the first test this Saturday which is uh, it's really, really is starting to bubble because all the Lions supporters are just starting to come in you know I couldn't believe how empty I was in Auckland since Monday and there was hardly anybody about um, nobody about I went down to Hamilton and I come back after the game on Tuesday night from Hamel, there's still nobody about, and then bingo, uh, the land supporters are coming in in droves in their thousands, so the atmosphere is really starting to build towards the weekend.
0: So, Bossy, when um, when poor Fez isn't having to work for a living, where should he be going in Auckland?
2: Geez, uh, well, I imagine you're probably staying somewhere near the uh, Sky City, are you, Fez? So, uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised, as a bit of a venture junkie, you'd probably be jumping off the, uh, jumping off the Sky Tower there at one stage and Probably across to uh, Waiheke Island to see a few of the vineyards, I imagine, as well, uh, Ferris. So there's plenty of uh, plenty of options there for you, aren't there? I
3: actually went across to Takapuna today. Um, there's a uh, really nice cafe there. Yeah, I was going to say. I was, so, was
2: going uh, to that say, that's definitely the coffee culture going across if you're going across to Takapuna just to sit there and be seen in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> three or four Instagram posts from the
1: cafe just to, yeah. make, sure everyone, just to make sure everyone knows you're there like. Every, <laughs> yeah. everybody tagged yeah, in
3: yeah. it <laughs> comparing likes both boys liked it <laughs> both you boys liked it
0: okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the um, okay so now we've got over Fez's personal time and you know his horror at having to work uh, we do have a Lions test to talk about mm-hmm. and we've got Peter O'Mahony Lions captain that is, that is serious news. It's an incredible story. When we actually step back from this, you know, after the tour is gone, we'll look back and the book will be written and you're going, where did this come from? Uh, Kev, it is, it is an amazing story.
1: It's an amazing story. Um, Peter Armani, captain, myself and Isaac actually to for the Irish tour uh, to US and Canada back in 2012. I think he was only 23 at the time and obviously there were a lot of older guys. There Grandad's like bossy on the tour <laughs> in, in his mid to late 30s at that point, you know? And, and for someone like Pete to come in as, you know, he'd only played for Munster a couple of years at that stage and captain an Irish team on tour. I was very impressed with the way he stood up um, and just took it in his stride he's quite a serious guy he wouldn't be like a huge talker like played under captains like Geno in the past that you know you'd hear their voice from start to finish of the game and that's his style and then other captains like Leo who'd be quite quiet and considered in what he says and uh, Pete would be more in the Leo mode quite a serious guy and when he speaks people listen and you know he leads in terms of his actions and what he does on the pitch um, you know it's, it's incredibly impressive because when Gatlin went on this tour he did not even have Pete in his mind as a potential test captain he had Sam Warburton there then he had his backup of Alan Wynne-Jones and Alan Wynne-Jones is on the pitch at the weekend and he's captained a successful um, Lions test team and to get Pete in there ahead of him and keep Warburton on the bench it just says a huge amount about the impact he must have had on tour
0: Mm. What's um, really
1: interesting sorry yeah. sorry to put across you what's really interesting is like his actual numbers and stats in the games haven't been enormous. Yeah. Like made, you know, three three carries and one tackle and some areas and you know, but the thing is he's doing a lot of the grunt work and the unseen work and he's freeing up Valatow and Sean O'Brien. I think that that's a great balance. But for me I think he needs a barnstorming game against the All Blacks at the weekend I think he needs a couple of big carries a couple of big tackles and he needs to lead from the front in that way and he needs to step up his game and he'll know that and the impact he's had is phenomenal um, but this is huge pressure and this is a different level and you know it's just amazing to have another uh, Irish Lions captain
4: Yeah, Fez
0: what's the reaction over
3: there like? Yeah, it's funny the reaction over here because um, it's almost you know Pete came in to the Irish squad when uh, Jimmy Heasley picked up an injury, got a man of the match performance, then everybody was talking about him, then he got on the Lions tour, then he's he's now captain uh, of the Lions, you know, some some of the Kiwi press over here actually think that he's got lucky um, because of the way things have fallen, but for me you make your own luck and you know, Pete had to go out and prove himself in that game uh, uh against England and he did that. Um he was absolutely you know phenomenal, one man of on a match, um and really threw through his name into the hat to be selected for the Lions and uh the the way he went about it, you know, he, he's not the type of person that goes on the social media um or goes into uh you know in the in the press conferences and says this, that and the other. He just goes about his business. I think he's a really, really well-respected guy, I and mean, when you have somebody who's really well-respected, like most captains are in the modern-day game, you know, it goes a long way. So um, he's not only a good player, but he's uh, he's a good leader and a good captain. But I definitely agree with Kev. You know, I really think he has to have a big game. Yes, he has been good, and he's he's a leader and he's been leading from the front. But he has to have a, have a huge game. You know, somebody like CJ Stander having twenty twenty-five carries a game. I know he's probably not making huge metres with those carries but I, I really think Pete is going to stand up on Saturday and say right I'm leading the Lions I get a lead by example on the pitch and, and here we go because uh, he's definitely got the ability to do it
0: What's he like to play against first?
3: I've, I've only played against him once or twice I think hmm. um, not too many times uh, to be honest I, I, I played with him in his first cup he played against uh, Italy um, and I was playing. He played seven that day. Look, I think with Pete, he knows he's not the fastest back row on the pitch. He knows he's not the most explosive back rower on the pitch. He knows he's not the biggest hitter in the you know in the back row on the pitch. But he's an all rounder. He does everything very well, um, and he's a good man to have in there. I think just his line out ability. You no, know, he, he is like Kev. He's very very good defensively, and um, you know wins a lot of balls for the team. So. Um, I think that's another reason why he's in there. Uh, But he's just a bloody nightmare to play against. You look at his performances over the last couple of years, he's just a hard man who is very, very passionate about playing rugby. Um, Anytime there's a turnover with the Lions, he's running in and he's grabbing boys and he's patting lads in the back and it just means so much to him. I think I made a comment this week that there's only one person that I know that hates losing more than uh, than, than Peter O'Malley, and that was Paul O'Connell, and they're both cut from the same cloth. Uh, Peter O'Malley took the captaincy off <laughs> Paul O'Connell, and I just think that the you know Pete has got all those great attributes from from Paul O'Connell over the years, and that, that's what's making him such a good player.
1: Yeah, one of the things that, just to add to that, what Fez is saying, that makes it a good balance of a back row, is that Shawnee and, and Falate are going to carry every time, but two. In the last two games Pete's played, his distribution has actually been really excellent. He's sucked players in, he's passed the ball on, and Mm. it just adds another element to the back row. He's been really good at at that element of his game. I think he made five passes at the weekend, which is unheard of for a back row in wet conditions, which Mm. is great.
0: And like Bossy, Sean (coughs) O'Brien, that we're just talking about now, he's starting again ahead of Warburton because Warburton could have been picked at either seven or six, never mind the captaincy in this game, and another Irish back rower in ahead of him. So...
2: Yeah, quite rightly too. I think uh, Shawnee's probably been one of the uh, the players uh, of, of the uh, tour so far and um, without him there, they've probably been a little bit down on sort of a little bit of uh, impact maybe or a little bit of X Factor in the back row. But um, what I would say is, you know, there was a bit of pressure on Shawnee coming into it and he was carrying a little bit of injury and stuff and he stepped up. Uh, so. Uh, they complement each other well. Uh, Warburton, for me, is uh, struggled the whole way through. A guy I actually thought might be a lucky, unlucky not to be on the bench was Tipperick because he adds something a little bit different um, that might actually suit the game against the All Blacks because it breaks up a little bit. Um, and like you said, Warburton coming off the bench will be interesting. I think Justin
3: see. Tipperick's carrying a bit of a knock, bossy. Is he? He, he hyperextended his knee in uh, in the last game, yeah. So um, he's, he's carrying a knock. So I think that's why he's not in the reckoning. But like yeah last. Kev who would you rather have in your team beside you would you rather have uh, Sam Warburton or would you rather have Sean O'Brien and you pick Sean yeah, O'Brien every, yeah. every single time so um, uh, like I, I, w- I would have Sean there and it doesn't matter if he's, a, he's the tour captain Sean is the better player and that's the bottom line
1: and there's no doubt about it and looking at Leinster's the end of Leinster season they missed him so badly and mm. it's not due to a lack of talent like when you look at like Levy and Van der Floer like they're awesome players but Sean brings the X Factor and he does things that lift teams, he makes those line breaks, he gets those turnovers at the critical time, he has that world-class ability, and he's actually one of the few Lions players that New Zealand are actually scared of. <laughs> mm.
0: I mean, which, w- w- Warburton is, is a brilliant turnover guy and, you know, it, around that area of the team, but he does not bring what you just mentioned, which is that big line bust. No, but shawnee has got the turnover ability as well. Yeah. We've been talking about
1: this for weeks, like Warburton
0: versus
2: O'Brien, and like
1: Warburton will get you turnover, but you need more than that against the Lions. So. Yeah, and
2: I think uh, you're right there. People, <laughs> people, um people forget about you know they see Shawnee and they see what he's doing around the pitch, but Shawnee's making the tackle, getting up, stealing the ball. He's doing absolutely everything. You know, yeah. he's not just a, a, a one-trick pony. So, um, and he's he's disruptive in there. He's, he's got that fair fact that guys will be actually looking at him, thinking we need to contain him, and when they when they're concentrating on him a bit more, that's going to
5: open it up for the light of Falatown guys it, in the becks you decks. did it in that um, the Marys game where he was involved in that little dust-up with Bigger on the ground and you could hear O'Brien because he's always chirping away in the pitches and he? sorry because he's got such a high pitch <laughs> yeah. you can always Jeep hear him, but, you him. The <laughs> but then he got <laughs> up
2: yeah cheap <laughs> <jeeps, I'm> shots <sure.
5: laughs> <laughs> he got up a couple of minutes later and then the very next play they had the scrum and he made the turnover like held your, held your man up yeah. and, and it was a big moment and you could see all the boys patting him on the back as well yeah.
4: oh, Pat
3: I didn't realise that you were there I thought you were away home
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bitter about it I'm still bitter Why about,
3: about it
0: and the one name we aren't talking about is any controversy whatsoever there is no debate Tyke for a long mm. starting line I mean it is again there's another story you know a couple of years ago would you have said that he is the undisputed starter in a Lions test team I don't think anyone would have put their hand up and said that but it's here I mean that's, it, it's remarkable
1: yeah, it's an amazing story, and I think we spoke about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, where we said that if Mar- Marty Moore hadn't gone to Wasps, would he be here today? Probably not, because Marty was ahead of him in Leinster, and Rossy was ahead of him, and then he, Marty went away, he got his chance, and he just took it, yeah. like he hasn't looked back since. And I think he brings something different, like to any what any Irish tight has done for a long time from a dynamic standpoint, and like the amount of carries and, and tackles he makes, he's like having an extra back row around the pitch. It's a huge test from at the weekend though because Joe Moody you know he, he got the right side of the decisions against Crusaders but ultimately Joe Moody did look like he was out muscling him in the scrums in the Crusaders game and I guarantee you they're going to target him. Hmm. Him, Joe Moody and Cody Taylor are going to are do, do a pincer on, on Tyke Furlong and try and uh, disrupt him and put him under huge pressure and it's probably the biggest test of his life now to go into this
2: game and actually hold parity. Yeah and you're probably right there as well Kev because <coughs> I think he's he's the odd one out in that front row you know, I th- it's quite easily it's it's a dark art up there and you like to keep the guys that know each other in there together so uh, having uh, a couple of Englishmen and the Irish guy in there it sort of disrupts it a little bit yeah. The the it's a Crusaders front row basically for the All Blacks um, And the Crusaders, there. not a full strength uh, front row did well a little while ago a couple of weeks ago so um, they will be up against it so it will be interesting dynamic to see how that unfolds Tyg for me just is is, his work right around the pitches. that's that's, that's what gets him it's just unbelievable
1: like Dan Cole possibly would be the safer bet from a scrumaging point of view but I'm glad like right across the park Gallen's gone for the calls that need to be made to beat the All Blacks like going for, for Williams a fullback He's saying we need tries to win this game, and I'm I'm really delighted he's taken a couple
5: of it's risks. It's exciting, today. isn't it? That team, like you, you expected at certain teams to be named, and you saw that, you know, last night, and you were like, oh, hold on, like you know, yeah. at least it, it got you a bit more revved up for this game, like, and you know, the fact that. These lads could actually come in like daily during the week yeah. and have a great game and get rewarded. We
1: should ask Hayley what the odds are going to be on a, a North on North and half getting mm. dropped I, it, for, the, for the first test. Like
0: we, we'll we'll come back to the back three in a second. Um, but Fez, you were talking to you were talking to Johnny before the Chiefs game. Are you surprised that he uh, he hasn't made the cut?
3: Um, no, I'm not surprised because. Uh you know, on has been outstanding. I was at the European final um, and he ran the show against Claremont. He's just an exceptional talent. I think defense, defensively, he's very strong. Obviously, he plays a lot of rugby at 12. Um, but no, I wasn't shocked. And I actually met Shawnee O'Brien for lunch yesterday in Auckland. We went went for a bit of grub. And, you know, Shawnee said to me, he's like, with, with Warren Gatlin, you just don't know what he's going to throw at you. So, like, Shawnee was a wee bit apprehensive of, of his position he just didn't know um, if he was going to be selected and I think everybody was kept on their toes and Sonny kind of came across me as if you know Gatlin would probably throw in a couple of curveballs somewhere and lo and behold the team's announced and those curveballs are in there you know one of them's possibly Johnny Sexton not being involved but for me I think with him being rested uh, a, a week ago Apparently carrying a knock. All the New Zealand media over here are saying that, uh, that that was made up and he was just being rested. Um, but, you know, I, I think he would have probably liked a bit of game time before getting into the first test against the best team in the world in their own backyard. But they haven't lost since 1994. But um, for me, I think Owen Farrell is just playing the better rugby I know Johnny's starting to come good. But you look at that semi final against the Scarlets and he hasn't played much rugby again this year. Um, but speaking to him he's confident he's in a good place um, he's enjoying himself out here obviously he's missing home a little bit with his young family but that's to be expected Uh, but he's just eager to contribute to the team and um, if that means coming off the bench on on Saturday and slotting a drop goal to win it for the Lions then he is definitely the man to do that
0: Farsi, fire lover section. Yeah, to be honest, I agree.
2: Um, Although, you know, good mates with Johnny, and and it's tough to say, I think uh, Owen really deserves uh, his spot there. And and to be honest, I think he's very key to the the Lions' um, chances of success. Um, He has caused them a, a lot of trouble, and I know they're very fearful of him. But it also adds an extra impact uh, off the bench because when Johnny does come on I, I, I don't think Owen Farrell will be coming off they'll be shifting him out and that just creates to be honest it's it's good for Johnny because it takes the pressure off him he's always been and he likes that pressure but it's always been uh, you know a lot of pressure on him to solve things and change things and, and to win games and stuff like this whereas you saw how they connected um, earlier on in the tour I think they're uh, you know by the end of, the, by the, end of the, the test series they could be starting together it's just mm. that they haven't had a lot of time together you know and that's uh, lets Johnny just sort of probably play his own game and maybe enjoy it a bit more. It's good to hear the fair saying that he's enjoying it out there because inevitably when boys are enjoying it that's when they're going to be, be class. So I know that when he comes on he'll, he'll definitely make a, a, a lot of difference.
0: Now time to talk about the back three calls because if you talk about a, a call e- here or there two of this back three you'd have thought once they're on the plane they're starting for, for Gatland. Half Money and North neither of them are starting and instead it's two guys who seem to have played their way in just from form Liam Williams and Elliot Daly nobody called this one that
5: no no no. I I, I would have even thought Williams maybe had a chance but uh, as a left winger or something like that I thought he might have went there because North just wasn't good last weekend at all so I thought Williams might have had a chance but not as full back and then didn't see Halfpenny I thought thought the minute Hogg got injured Halfpenny was just locked in just wearing the jersey well well, Hogg
0: injured plus Farrell having a quad strain, I was going, At once, once you pieces, got yeah. the, far, the Farrell news, I was going, there's no way Lee Halfpenny is not starting the first test and kicking.
2: Yeah, as uh, Kev said earlier, there's still plenty of kickers there, you know. Johnny as well, great kicker. Melit um, Daly can kick, yeah. um, Williams can kick. Um, yeah but for me like I don't think uh, North and Halfpenny have really deserved their spots I think we've all no one sort of guessed that, that Gatlin would drop two of his favourite sons and I think that's really been the, the spear in it that he's actually done them both at the same time
0: but um, well along, along with Warburton yeah exactly that's three, three favourite sons and he's I, only room for Alan Wynn imagine yeah.
5: the Welsh podcast this morning just <laughs> the tables being banged <laughs> like, you know, and
4: Alan like. Wynn's probably lucky to be there <laughs> there as well yeah
2: <laughs> I know but uh, like, I, I think it's the right call um, and those guys They've been been on formality daily is as dangerous. He's got that X and um, X, X factor, and as you can see against the Chiefs, uh, Williams two of the tries directly later in the game came from his breaks and, yeah. and set them up which is, is key
0: for that little bit of um, variation whereas I, I'm a huge fan of Daly I think it's, it's an all round footballer I just think he's fantastic he's an yeah. intelligent player he's got acceleration he's got the boot obviously but he's also he can kick intelligently it's not just a siege gun yeah. um, it, but it is there's another side of this which is the George North George North is the guy who if he's on he can score from anywhere in the field and Gatlin it's a brave call
1: it is but you look at say what happened against the Blues where Lions actually got done for pace on several occasions and he like Gatlin's gone for our two fastest wingers in the squad here Daly Watson yeah. and when you're playing against someone like Ione maybe you need to do that and yeah. I, I just think it's a smart call I, I hope it pays off it's, it's slightly more high risk I think like Liam Williams can be amazing and have the X factor but like he got a yellow card and he can be he can do Liam Williams I just say a
2: little bit
0: reckless <laughs> at yeah, times yeah. the
2: scaffolder can be so and, we, the, like, and that's probably the thing uh, I think uh, Watson may be a little bit vulnerable uh, George North has been vulnerable on the wing and uh, I think mm. Watson could be vulnerable especially against Ione um, and maybe I thought Williams might have been there. Just to, to solely to disrupt them, mm. so uh, I think you know Liam Williams will be great, at, great at fullback to to cover that. But
0: yeah, so I'll, let's I'll s- we'll skip onto the bench for a second. Uh, Fez Warburton as an impact player off the bench, um, how does that sit with you?
1: Fez gone up to get another <laughs> latte, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but
1: just one thing we didn't talk about at all was the centre. So like, I think like one of the most crucial battles of the day is Tio against Sonny Bill because. Yeah. If, if Theo can stop Sonny Bill from getting those offloads, it's going to have a massive impact. Like, so like, the thing with Tio is he hits quite high. He's a rugby league player. He's recently learned how to wrap his arms as well, which is great. <laughs> but like, yeah. if, he, if, he, like, if he gets through the entire game stopping Sonny Bill from getting an offload, he's had yeah. an incredible game. <laughs> we, like moving on to the backs and the Bench.
0: Yeah. Um, the, Lee, the Lee Half Funny Call now, if he's not starting this game why is he on the bench
2: yeah i totally agree and I, I don't really understand it especially if you look at the makeup of the back three at the minute and we're just talking about how good it is having um having Daly and williams both there but the reality is they both just played almost 80 minutes of rugby on yeah. tuesday and now they're going straight into a test match yeah. four days later so you can't expect both of them to be in their prime at the end of the match and when you've got half pennies obviously going to be coming on which ones are you going to take a cover for you know obviously is it williams or will williams go to the wing Bit of fati- elements of fatigue against a, an All Blacks team that's, you know, dangerous at that time of the game. So that, that's what I don't really understand in sort yeah. of some aspect of Gatlin's uh, selection, which I think will be be very crucial uh, in the outcome of the match.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see more in terms of the shape of just of the twenty three. You could see more logic in having uh, someone like a Jonathan Joseph there, or even because there's a lot of versatility in the mm. team as it is. They could shift around. Um, you could see logic in, I mean, Jack Noel, Even if you want a game breaker. That's that's someone who yeah, can give okay, you that like and then that. shift again, shift other people around. Um, but I don't know, I'm not seeing it. Um, but Reese Webb now can give you that impact.
2: Yeah, and I, uh, to be honest, um, you know, kind of really deserves a spot in there. But if you're looking for something to change it up, um, Reese Webb has just been dynamic, you know. he. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done the little things well that you need from a, from a scrum half, the crucial bits. He makes those little bit of errors and stuff like that, but his running game is absolutely uh, dynamic at the minute and he's caused the, the All Blacks a bit of trouble when he's been on the pitch. So I know they'll be wary of him when he comes on and it can, again, just it totally changes up the game to a different dynamic when he gets on.
0: Yeah, Webb has genuine pace.
1: Yeah, he does. I'd be surprised to see Connor not play 80 minutes. So he's yeah. been, like, the, I think he's been the Lions' best player so far on the tour. He's barely made a mistake. His kicking game has been incredible and if it's due to be raining, Wait, like he'll stick up about three or four high balls on dag early in the game hmm. um, he'll make him feel uncomfortable put pressure on him and that, that's the way they're going to win the game
5: is like high balls set piece um, particularly if it's raining for a couple of like days the of the game. there was one, one Kiwi journalist described it as uh, Conor Murray's box kicks as groundhog day without the laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> so like, and he'll just pump it up there again and it's amazing if people talk about it but how accurate it is that someone arrives within a split second of that ball landing How hard a kick. skill is a bossy dog like his, his level of box kicking
2: Yeah it's um, to be honest and that's probably something we've always done as nines in, in Ireland is, is you know we, we've put a lot of emphasis on our kick chase game and stuff like that and you know rather kicking it a bit short but he's got great leverage he gets extra height on it than most nines would you know um, and things like that so uh, look it's years of home skill. It's similar to what Joe would have um, ingrained in his nines, you know, from a, from an early start and the pressure that you would be putting on them at training, you know. Um, so, like, it, it's it's a key factor. And uh, definitely, I think um, if the first one goes astray, then it's all on, you know. They take the first couple, defuse the bombs to, to for want of a better phrase, you know, do that once or twice,
0: then obviously they have got to try and uh, think of something else. Yeah. But he's got the running game as well. Yeah, so, sure. next, we move on to the New Zealand team. Uh, we'll be discussing this without. <laughs> Stephen Ferris, who's probably off updating his Instagram feed. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much, uh, Ferris, for dialing in. Uh, we'll run through the New Zealand team, I think. Uh, so ben, Swift, ben Smith, fullback, Israel Dagg, uh, Crotty's back in, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, Ione's in, which is an interesting one. Um, Bowden Barrett, Aaron Smith, John Moody, Taylor Franks, Brodie Ritalik, Sam Whitelock, Kano, Kane, and Kieran Reid back in. Uh, Bossy. Crotty and Reid back in. Yeah,
2: Kieran Reid obviously um, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it as well, you know, I don't, don't know how injured he was and, and, and things like that, whether I'll just keep it under wraps, but I, I think he is very key, he's a t- similar to like a, like we are talking about, Shawnee and, and, and those type of guys don't need to play a lot of rugby, he'll just roll in and lead from the front and to be honest he's, he does everything out there as well, you know, um, and in terms of uh, Crotty, he's probably more of a surprise for me, mm. um, hasn't Had a lot of rugby, came back in and then got a slight injury again. And then um, Leonard Brown actually played very well uh, last weekend. So I thought uh, I've been watching him come through for a little while now and thought, you know, he he teamed up well with Sonny Bull that they might um, partner in the centres. Both of them haven't played uh, with Sonny Bull a lot. Sonny Bull hasn't been playing a lot of rugby. He's been, been on form, mind you. Um, I think Crotty and himself have only played two or three times together. So mm. that'll be interesting just to see that dynamic, which is a bit strange for an all-black midfield when you've got some maybe a partnership as, as inexperienced as that.
0: And uh, Kev, on the wings, there's no Surveyor and no Nadolo.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that to think someone like Sevilla can be left out of your 23.
0: Yeah.
1: But Ione has just been so good. And I think based on the, the havoc he caused for the Blues against the Lions, I think it's the right call to pick him. Um, but he won't get around Anthony Watson as easily as he did against uh, Jack Knowles. So I think that'll be an interesting matchup in terms of raw pace on pace. Because they're yeah. both, I think both of them are like they're not the most solid wingers in, in, in the world, but
2: they can both like set a pitch alight. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting battle. Yeah, and with that, with Sevilla I think um, it was shaping up like they were going to start him, and I thought uh, it would be quite surprised actually, because even I know, and there's a little been a lot of made of of Ireland uh, beating the All Blacks, and one thing I would say is, if, uh, from the New Zealand point of view, Sevilla probably almost uh, solely lost it and to an extent, you know, so he's very vulnerable out there, especially if. It's obviously going to be a lot of high ball, could be a bit wet. Uh, he's not the player that I think he used to be. in terms. Of, he's only young, you know, just going through that phase. But uh, if you're going on four my own, he has to be there. He's yeah. absolutely brilliant for, <clears throat> for a 20-year-old when they played uh, the uh, the Blues. And he's, uh, he's manhandling guys, you know. So uh, the, the
0: strength of this kid is unbelievable. And Aaron Smith gets the call to start at nine. I mean, he's certainly, you're up there with Murray as the best nines in the world. Ta- talk us through Aaron Smith's game.
2: Yeah, Aaron Smith. He's probably been the last year in a bit. He's been uh, he's been out of form. Um, I'd, I'd say. And I actually thought I've never I've always rated him a lot more than Perinara, And this is probably the first time I thought uh, TJ should be should be starting. He's worked on his game, um, really ironed out the, the little mistakes he used to make under pressure. I guess it comes with a little bit more maturity and a little bit more experience. But um, yeah, Aaron, what what he'll bring is, to be honest, he's just as his, his option taking as. Uh, pretty much on point the whole time he's got the fastest and probably longest passing game um, from any nines around at the minute his box kicking as well we make a lot of um, Connor's box kicking I think uh, Aaron Smith's very underrated on his box kicks um, and also he just picks the right time to make a run he's probably to be honest he's one of the fittest nines around as well which adds to the tempo of the All Blacks game and I think that's probably where they're looking at key you know just to get there get it gone shift the pack around for the Lions because they're uh, a, a noticeably a lot bigger pack than, than the All Blacks his pass is
1: freakish. And, like, is that accuracy or is it speed? Or, like, what does he... Because when he whips the ball across, like, he whips it 20 metres with a flick of the wrist. Like, and it's actually just incredible.
2: Yeah, and it's his accuracy as well, you know. Uh, it's You really see him throw a bad pass. And uh, it's it's combined with a lot of things, Kev. It's not just uh, how quick it is. He, he's there so quick. Yeah. So, just, he looks like he's got so much time the whole mm-hmm. time. His running game, he can, even when he takes a step or two, you don't... You don't really realise because mm-hmm. he's sort of dragging in a defender, and then it's it's gone like yeah. that. So, those are that's just little subtleties that I think, um, like you said, when you've got guys like O'Arnie, um, Sonny Bill, Barrett, Smith, you know what I mean. That's you're you just throw on it. You got you got all those uh, weapons out there to, to an extent that you don't have to. You just get it out to them
0: as quick as you can. Mm. And in the centre, we touched on this earlier on, but uh, Ben Te'o and Sonny Bill, bit of history, Pat.
5: Yeah, yeah. There's. Um I actually was re- reading up there recently, and Israel Folau was um, Ben Te'o's old flatmate over over in Australia, and they, they played together um, for the Rabbitohs. And it's only three years ago that Williams came across Te'o in in a rugby league game. I think he was playing for uh, the Roosters, and it was just uh, just. A, well, I was almost going to say a typical Ben Te'o hit, like a kind of shoulder on on Williams' chest as he as he got a pass away. And uh, yeah, I think Kev, you were saying he was called up for it, wasn't he? Like he yeah, he's put on report, put on for report for it. Like, and uh, so they do have that bit of history there. Like the Aussies were, <laughs> the Aussies were going nuts about it at the time. And uh, so it, it was being built up for a while that this could be the guy to stop him. But you could just see Williams, like he, he ha- doesn't have much game time, as we said earlier on the season. But he came in against the Lions and just tore them to shreds. Like so, um, he's not going to do it on his own, Tio. But he's the type of guy who's kind of well used to playing against a guy like Williams, and he can kind of maybe he can see if he's going to go for an offload here because that offload. Game is kind of really yeah, and he's going to
1: bring that rugby league vibe. Like you saw him at the weekend, he's mouthing at the <laughs> opposition, and he'll follow Williams around for the entire game. he will be mouthing at him, he'd be w- trying to wind him up, and he'd be in his face. And like, I think that's a bit of rugby
2: league culture. And I'm like, but it's going to be a fascinating battle between the two of them. Yeah, and it will be interesting because the, the times they come head to head probably won't be that often. You know, it'll be uh, Farrell's man to be tackling in defence a lot, um, yeah. and then you know the, the inside outside balls. That's where he'll come in. And, and I know To will be. Uh, he likes, he relishes these battles. You know, uh, he would like to go head to head with him a bit more if he can't. So that's where <laughs> it might be. You know, he's he, he likes to he likes to put the head in. So he's just got to avoid the temptation of trying to pop out at, to, to get that head on Sonny Bill because mm-hmm. then he'll, he'll expose. And him, he's know? You
5: know? he's an attacking threat as well, like In his last like. Six months. I remember he really clicked in his last six months at Leinster, like, and yeah. it was really brilliant for him as they as Leinster. could did put, his, his lines ball, and yeah. his
0: ability to keep that ball free, like a yeah. you know a mini version of Sonny Bill. It did really shine.
5: Yeah, yeah, like just some like um just some some great tries that Leinster scored that he would have been popping out passes at the last minute and these kind of yeah. improbable you know passes getting away and stuff. So everybody talks about the defence but let's hope we kind of get to see because he's had I think the most defenders beaten most line breaks of any line so far so let's hope he shows that yeah, as well he's,
2: he's looked very dangerous on attack uh, straight off line out ball and all that sort of stuff he's, mm. never mind about making the advantage line he's, he's making half breaks he's making mm. breaks he's offloading as well he's creating space for guys around him so I, I think he's again he is, he's crucial in there in that
0: in that back um, back line for, for our go forward ball for the lines so we've said that Captain uh, O'Mahony is the silent captain but Ben Teo is not so silent is that yeah. is, is, is mine
1: be, he might be encouraging his teammates too much but he'd be mouthed at the opposition yeah, for yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that a good thing? When you play with players like that, is that is that uh, always a good thing? It it's depends on the team and the culture like I, I like my, like our would have been you poker face and you yeah. look them in the eye but you never say anything yeah. as in that's more effective but like I think genuinely it's a rugby league thing and it's maybe a little bit of an Aussie thing, the sledging idea and yeah. cricket, it happens all the time and you're in their face and you're making them feel uncomfortable and I mean, if that's what works for him, to stop Sonny
2: Bill getting off out of the weekend, we'll take it. Like, yeah, wh- Whatever he needs to do, you know? So. And it's psychological mind games. You know, some guys, uh, that's how they get in. That's how they express themselves. And it, it might put one or two guys off, but, you know, some guys come out with, like, that guy's a, a prick, you know? But it's, it's what happens <laughs> on the field. No one really cares, you know? It's yeah. just of if you're trying to get a little bit of a, an edge over your opponent and uh, the guys in your own team sometimes... It fires them up and sometimes it's sort of going what's a sled at, you know, so it's just all a little bit of noise, you know, and he seems to do it quite well, it's always interesting listening to it
0: you can see him, it's half the time you don't hear what he's saying in his Aussie accent, but you can just see him chipping away there in the background, you know Okay, so uh, Sky Sports, if you're listening we want the player mic yeah. on ben. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you want the player mic it <laughs> could be a bit of controversy yeah. Yeah. We, we apologise once again yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Right predictions, uh, I'm going to go around Bossy first Jeez, to be honest, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be tough for the Lions. I
2: think it could be. Um, to be honest, I think the, the spread earlier from uh, um, from the betting uh, odds eleven right. points. Yeah, eleven yeah. points. I think it was. I think that's about right. Yeah,
1: I like plus eleven. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, first test in the rain in Auckland. I think the Lions will push them close, but I think New Zealand will squeak it.
5: Yeah, I, li- I like the um, the Lions bench. You know, like McGrath, I told you, he'd stand there all on the bench, Sexton on the bench. Like, that, if it's tight. I think they've got a, might might have a bit of an advantage there, but still, the All Blacks.
1: I don't think Stand or Warbon. You said Stand. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So so CJ yes, Warbon. <laughs> <laughs> <I> like that, <laughs> it's a good player. <laughs> yeah, we like that. I think you
0: combine the C. two, I think the All Blacks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you I think we're right. But listen, um, we'll leave it there. Up next, we'll chat about the Razi Erasmus situation at Munster and Ireland's time in Japan.
2: Now, when the cups are decided, you have fine weather but that's probably a two-month period. You have to do the hard yards.
0: Hey, that's the name of the show.
2: Excuse the pun.
5: No, that's perfect. we are going <laughs> to use that now.
1: <laughs> I'm on a bonus for that, definitely. Get that in. The hard yards.
0: The hard yards.
1: On Sports
3: Joe, backed by Ladbrokes.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're listening to it for the first time, subscribe on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud, and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. We're going to do a wrap up of some of the rugby news stories from the last few days. Now, uh, Razi Erasmus, his future, we thought it was sorted, Pat.
5: Yeah, we we, we, <laughs> we heard it from him, and then but as I think I mentioned at the time, he said I'm staying, but he never said how long he was staying for. Was like so, a few couple of months later, he he could be going, and um, yeah, I think it was Keane Tracy in the the Irish Independent mentioned it, and and they've got pretty good contacts down there. Uh, you know, it, it'd be hard to kind of, They seem pretty confident with it. They've got a bit of a partnership with, with Munster, so if 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 he was anyway wrong, I'd imagine Munster would have would have been, you know, given a strong phone call about so it. So I'd say, uh, it, it doesn't sound good, but it'd be interesting to see whether he sees out the six months or whether he gives him a season and whether he kind of feels like he owes him a full season.
0: Yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, is this one of these situations where there's a this six-month clause is coming back to bite them? Well, yeah, potentially, you know. Um,
2: and
0: with I mean, it happened with Lamb. A, it and, happened
2: and, and probably there's more reason for it to be happening with Erasmus when you look at it, you know. If, if South Africa call in his native country and,
0: and things like that you know so yeah i mean you know, don't, don't get us wrong i mean if you're going to if you're going to leave yeah go for a test coach t- test exactly, yeah. job in your own place yeah good luck to him it's just it's a the communication aspect of it seems to be less than ideal
2: and i think um what we're hearing is probably uh, like what's going on in the back the, the back room there is i'd say it'll be a lot more clearer amongst them if it is going to happen uh, they've got enough uh, like all the other f- Players in the moment like um, Nilo, uh, F- Flannery, Flex- Sexton, sorry, Felix. They're all just recently signed two more years, so mm-hmm. I- I'm sure there's a bit of. Um Pre-crisis planning, for want of a better word, that these guys are having a little bit more say. They're sort of trying to divert the roles: who's coming in or who's doing what. So, if it is, it's the transition that'll be the tough point, as we we're talking about earlier. If, if he's leaving in six months, around December, January, that's a tough time yeah. uh, for somebody to receive uh, to, to be leaving a, a season for the guys in the team.
0: Yeah, Kev, you mentioned that off air earlier on. Like, you know, if you were looking forward to a coaching transition happen mid-season, that wouldn't be ideal from a player's point of view.
1: No, and they, they've just begun to get that level of stability they've been craving and I think Erasmus brought in a huge amount and we saw Munster play like they haven't played in a number of years this season I know they didn't um, win any silver in the end but they were they were right in the mix and they played some of the best rugby they have in a long time yeah a, f- a
0: final and a semi-final, final and was, semi-final. Mm-hmm.
1: very impressive Like, and I think uh, from a player's point of view the right thing to do if Erasmus is planning on leaving in six months time he should leave now um and allow them to I would guess that if he is planning on leaving that Munster are looking for a coach right now. And then negotiate what you know, how to tie up that six months in some way. Exactly. It's more disruptive for him to coach until say Christmas. Think about the Christmas period and think about like that stage your mindset as a player at that see at that stage of the season is like you're playing games, you're playing against Leinster, whatever. Like your Actually, they pick understrength teams there anyway. Like. Yeah, yeah. But there's <laughs> yeah. so much going on. And from a player's point of view, you just want stability. You want to know who your coach is. And yeah. to have it in your head, September, October, November, like those key games in the season, that someone might be leaving in a few months or someone is leaving in a few yeah. months, it's very, very difficult mentally from a player's point of view. So I would guess that what Monster are going to do is if he is initiating his clause,
0: um, that he will leave straight away. Um, but. Bossy, bossy, do Monstro need to come out and say something on this? Uh, look, to be honest, I don't think they
2: really need to. To be honest, it's all what's happening in shop is the best um, if they're managing it in shop well with the players. Mm. The players are out on holiday at the minute, so they'll be hearing the rumours maybe and stuff like that. So, so it'll the, get yeah, on holiday in New Zealand. Yeah, with them. Like yeah exactly. Or Japan, or <laughs> uh, yeah. probably uh, across in Portugal somewhere by the looks of Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, um, <laughs> but uh, what Play I was going to say lot. is <laughs> it is it is that tough time, and it's around the, these holiday times you don't like these rumours happening because you can't control um, what you, what what's being fed to your players. Players. So once they get back in uh, in a week's time or the 10 days time. That's the first thing that'll um, be addressed uh, and I'd say, I'd be a little bit different to the school of thought of Kevin if I said if he's activating that six month clause from now then uh, there's a, a period where they can sort of wean him off and he can you think trans- transition him out. Ra- rather than just making a, a cut point straight, because all of a sudden if you cut it straight away, the planning that's been done, it's inherited by the current group of players um, and coaches and just puts an uh, inherent pressure on them whereas I think he's a professional enough guy and he's an honest enough, mm. enough guy, he can breathe through those young coaches because I think we still can get get a bit out of him uh, in terms of what he can give this coaching group and then
1: Is there anyone there that could
2: potentially be head
1: coach material like in terms of the guys he's been bringing through and trying to like foster and grow like as in like you say if that was the plan for a six month transition Yeah and his plan over that six months was to foster someone to become the new head coach because I think that's more effective than bringing in some... S- yeah. Like It's really, really disruptive bringing in a new coach, new ideas, mm-hmm. new everything in the middle of the season versus transitioning someone up. But the I'm nat- just trying
2: to think, is there anyone in there? The, the natural right? one would be poorly, I'd imagine, but whether he's ready for that or yeah. wants to accept that type of role, I don't know. He's
5: involved. He's he?
2: involved in the, in the yeah, academy really at the present. You know? So I think that's uh, probably the natural maybe progression yeah. rather than somebody like...
0: Um, Felix or Flair that's in there at the minute um, so that is actually a good thing that Monster do have because you've got guys like Jones and like Flannery as you say who are already there they're ingrained they're part of the furniture they're not moving so it's not a situation where Razzie lifts up and takes the entire yeah. coaching infrastructure with him no. which does happen you know, it does happen in other situations. It's minimising disruption is key here. So yeah.
1: I, I think like Bossy says, if you can do a six-month transition plan and he's commits to that, then maybe that's the best answer yeah. here.
0: Yeah, we might ask Kaylee later on and, and she got ads on. So <laughs> I was just thinking sneak, sneak January out of him as well to get through the Champions <laughs> Cup and then Six Nations, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> off you go. Yeah. Um, so, we, and we did mention that there are players off in Japan. Uh, there's a, t- the last test wasn't really up to much. Thirty Was it 31-3 at half-time, Yeah. Yeah. Jack, yeah.
5: yeah. Conan is is absolutely destroying people his last two games, and um, well, it helps
0: when they don't tackle.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's he's been great, and so is Keith Earls. Durrell. Keith Earls racking up these unbelievable stats in the last couple of games. But uh, I think Schmidt will be kind of like there's Just still, you know, just even from knocking to Raj and how much of a perfectionist it is the sloppy little scores they're giving away. Yeah. I think it was two late tries, they, even maybe three late tries they gave away against the Japanese. And uh, but there's some guys who've really stepped forward now and kind of like um, that, that Ireland team looks like a great team looks like a solid team he's pretty much gone with the same pack for the last three games because he announced the team there today and um not much changed and only treadwell treadwell's in there now and I think James Tracy's getting a chance as well so um good to see Devon Toner getting his 50th cap there as well like um at the weekend so um, I think he'll be pretty happy and he's just given a few guys in the backline little looks now and um,
0: I think and, and the experience of pulling on that green it yeah. yeah. doesn't matter who you're playing against that has value but Bo- yeah. Bossy who impressed you now in that blowout against Japan
2: yeah to be honest it's hard to find someone that didn't impress me they're all like um, very uh, good games I was disappointed with the, the, the Japanese as you said Um but Jack Honan quite clearly is just um, you know you're swatting them off like flies uh, yeah. and some of those younger guys w- what I do find is key for this tour is the fact that they are getting experience feeling more and more comfortable in the in the green jersey they're realising that although it's a, a quicker paced game they're well and truly up for it so it gives them a good platform to be able to, to launch and put a bit more pressure on maybe some more seasoned campaigners uh, in,
0: in the in the green jersey hmm. uh, There's been some other interesting results around rugby the last couple of weeks oh. Scotland, um, Scotland beat Australia, putting Michael Check under serious pressure. He really needs to thump Italy now, who beat Fiji. Yeah. Uh, South Africa are making French lives very miserable. Yeah. I was away in France there and reading <laughs> a lot <laughs> of rugby coverage. Black and they're, flags they're, on the They are page. not happy. They are <laughs> not happy at all. Yeah. Uh, and then we also had uh, Francis Ailey moving on to um, Harlequins. Harlequins, yeah. and people wish him well.
5: Yeah, I, I, yeah, and it's just like he showed it, he, Like a lot of people said, oh, he showed you know, great talent the last few months, but I think every time he stepped out, like he rarely had a poor game, like he, mm. he does have a lot of talent, and I think he'll do wonders over Harlequins and people will be raving about him as well. And yeah. health is also a skill,
0: yeah, remember that, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then we also had the Six Nations finishing their investigation into the France versus Wales thing, sneaking that in, it snuck in there, didn't it? We will link this to Peter O'Mahony because at the time when Peter O'Mahony was coming into the Irish team, because mm-hmm. Jamie Heaslip was out. The France-Wales game was still going on, so it was approaching the 100th minute. Mm. And the little bit of jiggery-pokery that was um, alleged to be going on by France, uh, the Six Nations have said that France simply did not comply with the HIA protocol. Uh, You're very naughty boys, and they've been issued a letter of reprimand. But there is no clear evidence that there was any intent to obtain a competitive advantage. I will make no comment on that because <laughs> the lawyer is staring at me. That's <laughs> all I'll say. Uh, and Toulon threatened with administrative relegation to Pro-D2. When Rogers back in, I can't wait to ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he always got on about? a brief? He's always
5: taking <laughs> pot shots is, of brief. Yeah. Like. See, see what he thinks of Toulon when he's back in.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, up next, Halo O'Connor is in from Ladbrokes to give us odds for this weekend's first test.
1: The Hard Yards on Sports Joe Backed
3: by Ladbrokes
0: And we're back and we're joined by Haley O'Connor from Ladbrokes, hello Hi, how are you? Uh, we're very well here um, We have the first Lions test coming up this weekend and what are Ladbrokes seeing as the odds for that game?
4: Well New Zealand are currently 92 on but they've actually been shorter um, but we have seen the Lions actually shorten up for this test, I don't know whether it's because and um, there's forecasts for two days of rain which will suit their style and actually ironically the last time the all blacks lost at Eden Park wet 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 were number one in the chart so um <laughs> it's definitely going to be wet there on, on the weekend but uh, yeah we are seeing the the lines come in for a bit of they the just I'm over in the UK at the moment and I don't know what the the media pickup is like about the team that's been that's starting but over here like they're saying things like, oh, you know, a shock team lining up, but it looks like, and I touched on this last week about the the Lions being good in defence, but maybe needing to up the ante in attack. And it looks like uh, Gatland has really picked a team that is very much an attacking side, with the likes of you know LA, Elliot um, Daly starting, Liam Williams starting, both of them aggressive, and then the of you know Peter O'Mahony um, being captain. So um, yeah, the Lions, if you want to back them. Plus 5, you can have them at uh, 13 to 8. But if you think New Zealand are absolutely going to walk all over us, uh, New Zealand minus 20 is 9 to 4.
0: Okay, and and the general over-under spread is 11 points for this game? Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, one thing we've also been talking about is, uh, I suppose, another one for Munster fans. While it's good that Peter O'Mahony is captain hearts are swelling with pride might be a bit of sweat now because Razi Erasmus the report that he might be on his way Um, you're offering odds (laughs) on whether he'll stay or go
4: yeah, I mean we definitely think it's a question of when Ravi Erasmus will go not not if. Um so there's speculation that he's actually already triggered his 6-month clause allowing him to leave um a few months into the season where which will leave him uh, appointed director of rugby in South Africa just ahead of the 2018 uh, Southern Hemisphere season. So you can if you uh, you can back uh, Ravi Erasmus to leave by February 2018 at 1 to 12, which is unbelievably short. Or if you think he'll still be at Munster uh, come March around Cheltenham time, he'll be six, you can back him at six to one.
0: Yeah, that sounds like someone knows that this six-month clause has been triggered all right, doesn't it? Speaking of uh, Cheltenham and horses, uh, you're at Ascot.
4: I am, yeah. Well, I'm not, thankfully, I'm not there. I've never, ever thought I'd say this, but thankfully, I'm not going to Ascot today. I'm going to Stratford, which is <laughs> where our head office is. Because yesterday, I was there on Tuesday and Wednesday and going back on Friday, but it was 34 degrees yesterday. And it was like people were nearly fighting to get into the shades. The heat was on. Un- believable and it was actually worse in the sand so, um, but it was an amazing few days we saw some phenomenal racing and actually what really came to the fore was horses from America and South Africa running quite well because they're used to the heat um, and one horse that I gave everybody on last week's podcast was Lady Aurelia, I said she was the bet of the week and she put had so far put in the performance of the week, she was absolutely phenomenal so I hope all the listeners back to her at 4 to 1.
0: Yeah so Pat, Pat <laughs> did you take that? But
5: did you? No, for the I'd say this is probably for, <laughs> the, Pat, Pat laid it. <laughs> <laughs> for the 18th time, and now I've missed a, a dead cert bet. Now, so uh, I have the pen and paper ready now. If there's any any more coming this week, yeah. Any word on the? Well, colour? you know
4: who has somebody else who should have been given a tip was was Ron Nagar because yesterday I was like at the picnics, everyone's wearing their tops and tails, and I see this very Irish-looking man running through all the picnics in the in car park two and I was like, that looks terribly like Ron Nagara he was running in trying to find, <laughs> trying to buy a shirt and a <laughs> shirt was black. So I was like, it's Royal Ascot, like everybody knows. So he was in a, basically a short and T-shirt. So awesome. hopefully he had a good day and a lucky day and found a shirt that he could wear.
0: Well, hopefully he didn't <laughs> lose his shirt. And that's his first <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we I'll actually we, send you a picture. Yeah, we we might draw a line under that one there. Um, excellent. <laughs> Haley O'Connor from Bad Books, thank you very much. Cheers, Haley.
4: Thanks a million. Bye, bye-bye.
0: And we'll leave it there. Uh, Thanks Hayley for taking the call and thanks to Kev, to Isaac, Pat, to Fez, Joe Harrington for producing and Paul Donegan was on sound. We'll be back next Thursday with a new podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get us straight to your phone. I'm Andy McGeady. Thanks for listening. This has been The Hard Yards. We'll talk to you next week.
1: The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes. Passionate about
3: sport.